You're listening to the Heart of Horsemanship podcast with Mia Rodley and Andy McIntosh. The Heart of Horsemanship Training Academy is an online video training library dedicated to help you live your dream with your horse. With over 110 training videos across 30 hours of content, the Academy is designed for people at all levels of horsemanship. And for a limited time, use discount code HOH2023, that's HOH2023, to receive 25% off a monthly or annual membership when you sign up before the 31st of March 2023. Visit hohacademy.co.uk, that's hohacademy.co.uk, for more information and start living your dream with your horse today. Hello and welcome to the Heart of Horsemanship podcast. I'm Mia Rodley and I'm here with my co-host Andy McIntosh. Hello. And this is our first ever episode. So thank you guys for joining us and listening in and watching if you're on the Academy. Um, Today we just thought we'd start with our backstories and introduce ourselves, where we've come from, what we do, why we do what we do and uh why we get to live our dreams with our horses so where does your love of horses come from Mia well when I was a young girl I always always have loved horses and my grandma's got this amazing photo of when I was probably about six months old um she's looking over me and I'm peeking over a fence looking at a beautiful horse Mm. in a field and I think that picture kind of sums up where my love for horses began Mm -hmm. and I've always loved animals and I actually really loved dogs as well they are in this room with us so if you hear any grunting um it is the dogs uh not us (laughs) (laughs) so hopefully um so as I say I really loved all animals but the connection I felt with horses was really special and I don't come from a horsey family like yourself. No, me either, no. Um, so it was pretty bog-standardly traditional, my interaction with horses to begin with. Um, riding school ponies, yep. learning to ride at, you know, very traditional um, BHS riding school. I got to share a pony for a few days a month, you know, with lessons that my auntie had bought me and really, really loved and enjoyed those and when you're a little kid there's Hugo grunting now (laughs) um when you're a little kid you like to think that you've got this amazing connection with a riding school pony who probably doesn't even care that you're another kid they might like that you're a little bit different but I don't think they really take much notice in no I don't think um, I never did I was the same yeah, yeah yeah so I think what really drew me to horses was the ability to be able to communicate with an animal that doesn't speak mm. that's big powerful beautiful um, has a complete mind of its own and almost sharing that friendship and especially as a child it was that friendship and having a best friend um, almost a bit fairy tale like yeah where you imagine you do what you want to do and of course your horse wants to do it with you because you're just their best friend and of course they want to do what you want to do why wouldn't they Um, almost like what you have with your dog you know that's uh, that kind of loving loyal connection and friendship that you get with them Um, that's what I really 
kind of sort out with horses and they really leaked over into my entire life and childhood so at school I did really well in any class where I could uh, bring horses into the subject so art I was always good at art because I could paint horses Um, same like with history we did uh, Native Americans of course are horses so I did well in that subject uh, anything where I could incorporate horses, I, it suddenly caught my attention. But if it wasn't horses, I wasn't interested. So uh, horses were really at the centre of everything. And it came to a point when I learned to ride. I was definitely not natural. I was by far the worst in my group <laughs> when I was a kid. I'd like be cantering along and just plop off the side because I had no balance and no feel and no timing, but my heart and desire was there. (laughs) So I kept trying and my family actually gifted me, um, my non-horsey family, my granddad had a farm with stables and horses on, but to him he had horses instead of sheep because they make more money. So, uh, but he, you know, he's, he can tell if it's dead or alive and that's pretty much it, (laughs) my granddad. So, um, that, we (laughs) our family saved a rescue pony from the meat man and decided to breed from her and the the foal was like the spawn of satan (laughs) she was a chestnut arab cross cross welsh pony called posy and she was actually abandoned by her mother when she was born so she had no social skills um, was really fiery, very sassy, very dominant little pony. And uh, my family decided, oh, Mia's interested in horses. We can give her Posy, who was just like a pet in the fields. We had two donkeys and two ponies, Posy and Pandora, and Moth and Champion, the donkeys. And they did nothing. They were just lawn mowers, essentially, um, at my granddad's farm. And... Posey tried her hardest to put me off of having a horse. She <laughs> was wouldn't... that the uh, plan from the yes, family that to try and put was. you off. Yeah, give her right. one that's give never been Satan. started. Yeah, yes. Satan is here. Yeah. <laughs> this will sort out that problem. Exactly. And we'll be better off. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, and it didn't work. Good. So, um, but uh, Posey and I, I desperately loved her and desperately wanted her to love me and I couldn't catch her. She'd bite me, she'd kick me. Uh, When we finally got around to riding, she'd buck, she'd rear, she'd spin, she'd ditch me. I fell off every single time I had a riding lesson and I was not a good rider. I really had no balance, Uh, but I loved my lessons and I desperately wanted Posey to love me too. But I just didn't know how I was going to go about that and my traditional riding lessons with Posey were not really getting me anywhere. So as a young girl I sought out um, you know other methods and I looked at Monty Roberts join up, I was looking Mm. at videos on YouTube all the time and all of a sudden I was watching TV one day at home and it was on Horse and Country TV and Pirelli Natural Horsemanship came up. And I saw 
Rachel Morland, uh, who's now a great friend of mine, which sounds mad because I used to literally shake <laughs> when I met her because I was so starstruck. Um, I saw her galloping bareback and bridleless down the beach on her horse. Yes, I remember that one. Yeah, who yeah. had previously been very difficult and was also a chestnut Arab. And uh, I was like, that's me sold immediately yeah. all over that. So at 13, I then uh, started watching every video I could, reading every book I could, every magazine, and I really uh, dove deep into Pirelli. So that is where much of my foundation began and started. Um, and I had, from that day on, pretty much didn't have a bad horse day since. You know, there have been challenging days, but not to the point where I felt um, the lack of, I don't know, progression that I was before. Mm. I always knew like, oh, this was maybe not such a good day, but I learned this, this and this. You yeah. know, it was always a learning day rather than a bad horse day and mm. oh, the pony was naughty. And I there's... think that's one of the things that Pirelli did for people yeah. was allow them to learn from mistakes, mistakes yeah. um, and uh, look to where you needed to go. Yeah. There was a, some, a, a path to follow. Almost. Yes, exactly. And luckily for us, because, I mean, it's probably safe to say neither of us had any natural talent with no. horses. No, I still um, don't. <laughs> we do. But it's taken, <coughs> we are very normal, average people from non-horsey families yeah who are now proving that you can go into the industry yeah. and be, become professionals, successful professionals within this industry. So don't give up. No, if you're, never give up. Yeah, if you don't come from a horsey family, it doesn't matter, you can do it. No. It is hard, don't get me wrong, the path is tough, but if you've got enough heart and desire, you'll get it done. So, um, but as you say, like um, Pirelli gave us that step-by-step program to follow to yeah. develop our feel and timing and um, it really was as they said a human training program for horses mm. so um, yeah and, and like all programs I know people often think of Pirelli as like oh not that weird rope wiggling thing yeah, but yeah. it's like all programs there's people that do it well yeah and there are people that do not do it well exactly and I think unfortunately uh, as humans tend to, they always see the negative sides of, of yeah. things, not necessarily the positive things. And I think it gave a lot of people uh, an avenue to um, learn more about horses. Yeah. Um, yeah. There were, there, yes, you could do it from DVDs. And yeah. if you were lucky enough and clever enough to do it like that, then great. But if you could have the input from someone who was doing it really well. Yeah, it made the world of difference. Made a world of difference. Yeah. Absolutely world of difference. And I yeah. think sometimes, yeah. That was it. And that was kind of my path with it. Yeah. I got so far with the home study program and yeah. bought all the DVDs, got all the equipment. I was completely diligent. I even got my little brother to pretend to be a horse so I could do simulations on him mm. in the garden so that I had better feel and timing for when I was working with my ponies. And um, I then had a pony on loan called Harry, who was a super little Welsh cob. And he was pretty stubborn and lazy when I first met him, unbacked. And uh, I really put to practice the Pirelli program with Harry mm. and got to a pretty good 
level. Within a year, we were walk, trot and canter at Liberty Bridalist. We could ride around the farm wherever we wanted, had a, a, an amazing relationship with that pony. And I can honestly say, like, I've, he was truly my horsey soulmate and I really loved and adored him. Um, probably helps that he was kind of my first horse that... I had Posey, but I outgrew her very quickly. Yep. Harry was the first horse that I took from blank to somewhere. Mm. And um, really like saw my future with him and everything. And unfortunately, being on loan, his owner decided to take him back and sell him on for more than my non-horsey family could sum up the money for. Yes. So um, I was absolutely heartbroken it was my childhood trauma and i will still cry about it to this day Bless you. now how old am i this is 11 years on oh, and i'll still anyway so, that's not uh, many years not when you get as old as me mia <laughs> it's a lot of it's years not to many me. years it's like no. nearly half my life <laughs> oh my god shut up no so, no um, you're making me feel unwell sorry <laughs> so um uh but yeah so um Harry unfortunately got sold on, but uh, it really opened doors for me and it brought me into a community that I didn't know existed. Yeah. I met the likes of our lovely friend Jodie mm. and Brenda, mm. uh, both of which have been massive supports yeah. in my journey um, over the years. And uh, my traditional riding instructor at the time was exceedingly anti-natural horsemanship and was going, have you seen these idiots riding around with no bits and no bridles? And I'm like, oh, yes, very stupid, having <laughs> just come back from a bridleless hack. Um, <laughs> oh, really terrible, you know, sort of thing. And, um, yeah, so my riding instructor was very anti this, BHS riding instructor. And unfortunately, my, you know, she fed this back to my parents, and my parents were almost like, right, you can't do this Pirelli nonsense, uh, this natural horsemanship, you have to, if you're going to ride horses, you have to do what your professional says. Yes. And I begged them to say, oh, instead of having these riding lessons, could I have one uh, natural horsemanship lesson a month? And look, I found some instructors that are local, and what could we do? But it was a no. So um, there we are. But at that point, Brenda came in yeah. and loaned me uh, her wonderful, quite advanced pony, Maddie, uh, who was a little new forest mare uh, that Brenda put an awful lot of time into and trained to a very high level. So she had great liberty, great bridalist. And I took her to pony club camp and I felt like completely the odd one out, yeah, just the I weirdo. <laughs> um, but I did... At 14 years old, my first ever demonstration, and I worked tirelessly, tirelessly to put a booklet together to present to 75 kids that I didn't know in an arena I'd never been in with a pony that you know I knew fairly well and to do a liberty and bridalist jumping uh demonstration and we did it and we still have the footage today it's still on youtube somewhere oh, and uh i need to see that oh it's quite cringy <laughs> I, don't, it, I need to see it <laughs> i was so proud and i was terrified i was shaking like a leaf again mm. uh into that but i was so grateful to brenda for her help and yeah. recently uh she came to the most recent horsemanship showcase so that was 2022 and when yeah. we were all at all together yeah 
and uh, she watched my performance there and was like, I remember when oh, you were 14 and yeah. I was, oh, could have cried. It was, it meant an awful lot that she was there and still really supporting sweet. me yeah, to this day. So uh, super, super friend. And uh, from there kind of progressed through a couple other horses before finding Solo, who you know very know, well. Yeah. Uh, very well. <laughs> and Solo it is a 17 hand, 17-2 Irish sports horse who I picked up at 3-4, just imported from Ireland, knew very little, uh, was backed, but very opinionated, very green. <sighs> very opinionated. Yeah. And... <laughs> Uh, completely knocked all my confidence out of me. I got to the point where I wouldn't ride him. Um, if I walked him down the lane, he'd threaten to rear or do something and I'd just get off and yeah. be like, no, can't deal with this, don't know what to do. And I was like, why isn't the success that I was having with my ponies working? And that was when um, I met this and Sean Coleman and went on my first clinic with them. And as you say, getting the actual professional help yeah. in front of you where they can see what's going wrong and uh, correct your feel and timing and what's going on, see the problems. That completely changed uh, myself and Solo's relationship and partnership. And that's when I was doing my A-levels at the time which I hated every second of. <laughs> I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be uh, a natural horsemanship professional and I did not see the point in doing A-levels at all. It was um, extremely painful for me to go to school every day um, and not be with the horses yeah. or not be working horses. And in, in the meantime, I had lots of, I, I was very lucky to, uh, like start a lot of rescue ponies and I had Bora my own rescue pony as well and um, I had quite a lot of experience just uh, making mistakes basically yes. with loads of different horses which uh, now has benefited me hugely so it's good to put into practice what you can with as many horses as yeah, you possibly can absolutely. Yeah. Um, that really really can build your experience because you've they're all, be different. they're all different they yeah just yeah. like us every single one is different and uh but solo was the horse that set me on the path of having to have uh more help <laughs> and really uh up my leadership and up my horsemanship because yeah. he is through and through a herd leader yes he does not need you, he does not care, he does not care about other horses, he does not need other horses, he is absolutely fine on his own. And that's really hard mm -hmm. to have a horse that is not seeking and not wanting that connection or engagement. He was funny and he was nice and he liked people, but he didn't care for you. No. He was like, meh, look at this. I don't need you. I don't need you. Yeah. Who do you think you are? Exactly. So... Um, <laughs> And that is actually where we then met. We did, yeah. So uh, we were both working students, yeah. living in little touring caravans, caravans yeah. <laughs> together. I had a bigger one. Yes, your, uh, yours um, was nicer than mine. Yours was much bigger than mine. <laughs> and uh, you had the Nanavan. I had Nanavan. <laughs> yeah. And we worked super, super hard together. We did. We worked we very hard We were in a fantastic students. team. 
um, learned loads, learned lots about people as much as we did yeah, horses. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, working in a tight-knit team, but both you and I are very good people people yes. and worked really successfully in the team mm -hmm. and uh, and as we do today so yeah. it's really really nice that we've reconnected and our paths have merged again yeah as we got on so well back then so strange how that happened it's amazing isn't it how everything yeah. works it out does. in the end it does. and uh, you also had your beautiful chestnut mare molly so we both had our two two chestnuts very opinionated yes, chestnuts very opinionated chestnuts and uh, the memory that sticks out for me is it was our open day so the common savvy center yes. open day yeah, yeah. first ever one and our first ever demonstration Mission. to public yeah. with our horses yeah. um and we were in rehearsals and it was very tense very stressful we were with a bigger team and uh, a wonderful outside instructor was kind of overseeing us yeah. and uh she uh, so we'd practiced maybe like three rehearsals and yeah. Solo was getting so fed up yeah. and I was determined to canter him bareback and bridleless in the demonstration. I'd been working yeah. on it, practicing it and he just went, bugger this, yeah, no, I've had you. enough. <laughs> and as I went into canter, he stopped, reared up, was spinning around oh and I was God. bareback and bridleless, didn't have anything. I don't know how I stayed on. No, I don't either. And uh, you were witness broke. to it all. I did, yeah, I did see it all. Yeah, and uh, our visiting instructor went, right, well sat, get off, jumps on, no helmets, Nothing. flowing hair, beautiful, beautiful riding, canters off on a horse she's yes. never ridden before, bareback. Um, and starts doing flying changes across the arena, which he didn't know at the time. And no. I was kind of equally like, oh my God, like I'm completely in awe. And also like, how on earth did you do that? Yeah. I don't even know how she's done that. So, um, but that was a, that was a fun, a fun, but very stressful day. Yeah. And what I really remember that day was you specifically came out to the grass arena with me. Yes, which we were Molly told we weren't allowed to, to go do, out. Because that's practice. where we were doing the demo, not in the arena. Exactly. So we wanted to be in the actual area. Yeah, and get our horses used to that environment. And um, I felt I really needed to do it for solo because it's very well doing it in an arena. Um, it's very different to doing it on grass. Yes. Um, as yeah. I'm sure a lot of you will understand yeah an arena is very different to an open field and uh and you took the time to come with me and even if we were going to get told, told off, off you were like yeah. no we're going to do this for for you and your horse and you put your neck on the line for me there <laughs> so that was i was hugely appreciative mm. of that um and yeah so we i think i just think it's safe to say we both really developed there yeah and i think there was a lot of change after that moment yeah, of yeah. solo, for you especially, I feel yeah. like there was a change there. Yeah, um, we've actually got photos. We must pull yeah, those up. Yeah, we have got photos. Where we, we're and... both like sidewaysing together. Yes, yeah, that's right. We've yeah. got photos somewhere yeah, yeah. in the archives. We'll pull those up. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. And, good uh, memories. Very good memories. And that kind of led on to me then completing my Pirelli levels. Um, to which led to me then being Pat's groom at uh, his masterclass event because Liz and Sean had um, Pat's horse Vision, Miss Vision, yeah. and 
on the uh, kind of caveat that any time he came to the UK, he was able to ride and play with her again. And it was just as Liz was having Eliza, her first child, yeah. uh, that Pat came over. So Sean was Sean and Liz were busy being parents and being there for each other. And um, I got to be able to groom for Pat, which was um, terrifying <laughs> and equally very exciting. And Sean thought it would be hilarious to say that Pat likes his chinks, which are like half chaps with uh, yeah, dangly bits, yeah, tassels love, on love, them. Yeah. Uh, he says Funny he'd things. like to have them warmed before he puts them on in the mornings. And basically, Sean was trying to... I was extremely gullible back then. I probably still am. <laughs> but everyone used to try and take the piss out of me. Oh, <laughs> for, um, uh, and, and so Sean was like, oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. Seriously, Pat likes his chinks to be warm before he puts them on. I was like, right, okay, got to wear these chinks then before. <laughs> but I didn't. I do have a photo somewhere again. <laughs> but, um, another story. Another story, another yeah. time. Um, but uh, yeah, and that then gave me the opportunity to talk to Pat Pirelli. And, and at the end of his masterclass, I sat down and had a chat with him and he offered me a full scholarship to come to America to become a Pirelli professional, which was a huge opportunity for me. And I think you can remember how excited and happy yes. I was. I was literally dancing around the facility um, with excitement because it's all I'd ever wanted. And yep. uh, I haven't really spoken much about it, but my parents at the time were very unsupportive of me uh, working with horses. And when I told them that I was not going to go to university, they essentially said, um, you either go to uni and we'll help you or you choose horses and you, that's that. Yeah. You're, you're cut on off, your own. you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I bought my caravan. Yeah and lived in that caravan for four years. Uh, wow. Summer was lovely actually in the caravan, yeah. but winters were very hard. Yeah. Um, and really dedicated myself to uh, learning as much as I could. Um, at the time I felt like I kind of lost so much and uh, had to sacrifice so much to follow my dreams. Mm. And it, it has all paid off and worked out now. And my parents are starting to become a lot more supportive yeah. of what I do and everything, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, but at the time, it was very, very difficult. So Pat um, really stepped up to help me follow my dreams at that point. You know, he was um, very generous. And uh, as a working student, you obviously didn't get paid so what I used to do was I'd start at 5am mucking out five horses down the road to then be back at the Savvy Centre to start mucking out those horses at 7.30. So I was paid £20 a day and that's what paid for my car insurance and my food, essentially. Yeah. That's all I needed. Um, Solo's Keep was part of our working student package, so that yeah. was lucky. Um, and, and that's how I did it really. And really, really threw myself into it and learned as much as I could was watching videos every night still, um, as well as our lessons that we mm. have. And, um, yeah. And then I got to go to America, which was like a huge dream come true for me. And 
got to study under Pat and Linda and other instructors and in the meantime also learnt from phenomenal instructors who were tradition you know traditional I'd say yeah, more yeah. traditional instructors as yeah. well as uh, very high level natural horsemanship instructors and uh, really just was a sponge basically yeah. and yeah. absorbed as much information as I could and I think it's safe to say everyone will know my uh, level of uh, kind of dedication yeah. to horsemanship and learning and uh, self-development and progression within this journey and uh, yeah it's just been a bit of a wild ride mm. really and then I went on to take over my granddad's farm for a little bit ran it as a livery yard yeah which I don't know how you do <laughs> um, <laughs> I just oh I have huge respect for you yeah. to be responsible for all those people and all those horses. That's yeah. a lot of work. It's a, it's, it's a challenge. It's, yeah. Horses are the easy bit yes. of a livery. Yeah, yeah for sure. definitely. For sure. And, uh, but, you know, from there, then kind of reconnected with Liz and Sean, and then we had COVID. Da -da. Da -da. and that kind of threw a spanner in the works for everyone yeah. at that point um, and I had to I moved my horses from Sean's then when yes. you were there, yeah, I was there because then, yeah. the whole yard was shut and I was very lucky that a, a student of mine had a spare yard as you do <laughs> um, which was like eight acres four stables and an arena and said don't worry put your horses there and I won't charge you as long as I get some free horse training so yeah. I was training her horse twice a week uh, giving her lessons and uh, was able to have this lovely simple little facility which at the time I was really struggling with my mental health hugely and I think everyone around me knew and was quite worried as well at the time mm. um, and I think everyone went through a hard time during Covid but yeah. mine really uh, kind of lapsed I'd say before that so Covid and lockdown actually was hugely healing for me because yes. it took all the pressure off all I had to do was care for my horses and play with my horses in this beautiful little space private space very simple, required very little yeah. maintenance compared to running a huge farm and a huge yard. Um, so I just had the time to dedicate to my horses. Mm. And uh, that was really a massive game changer for me. And at the time, I was very good friends with uh, Ben Atkinson and uh, Ollie Phillips, who is still my best friend to this day. <laughs> and we were all still really good friends. Um, but we, me and Ollie helped Ben... Um, to a degree, put his first team together. We would often just help get the horses in and out, be um, you know on hand in the arena with whatever he needed us to do to help him uh, create his first, well, not his first, it was his second, but I'd like to say his first proper Liberty team of mm. um, Sablo, Mojo, Malik and Spirit. Uh, so his two duns and then the two centre horses. And from it helping him put his team together, I now had all this time and this facility to try and put my own team together. And so that's what I did. I had all my horses in one space, um, three months, and just my experience of lockdown was extremely different to yours. Very different. Yeah, um, because I got exceedingly fit and healthy. I was running. I really took control of 
everything that I could um, to try and help my mental health and get myself out of this hole. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of therapy as well at the time and a lot of trauma uh, kind of reset and release sessions as well because I didn't realise how much I'd been uh, dealing with yeah. from my early adolescence. And uh, as we all go through... Yeah, childhood yeah, trauma. Childhood traumas. Uh, it's just the same as horses. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So... Um, that's really what enabled me to put together my first Liberty team and really gave me the time to actually practice all the uh, kind of knowledge I'd gained over the last four years mm. to just do it and yeah. be uninterrupted with it. And it was really phenomenal and hugely healing. And I used to sit out in the field and it was beautiful weather, really dry uh, spring we had. So yes. there was like long luscious grass and I'd just lie in the field. It was warm as well, oh, wasn't so it? Yeah. I was so warm. End of March, oh, beginning of April, it was lovely actually. So beautiful. Mm. And I'd lie in the field, close my eyes and just be listening to the birds and there was no planes, there were no cars. Uh, because no, it was weird. It was silent. Yeah, Everywhere was Dri silent. Driving into work and just being one of the very few. The only cars oh, on the road. so weird. On it, a road that is normally very busy. Yes. Exactly. Um, oh, it was just amazing. So yeah. I'd be lying there, looking up at this blue sky with the birds and my horses grazing around me. And then one by one, they'd all come and lie down in a circle around me, lying down. And that was... The kind of and that was actually before they all knew lie down, so mm. they were just mirroring me at that point. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was mm, like hugely special to me. And I've got again some little video clips of that when oh, that happened. Really cool. And it didn't just happen the one time; it was very regular, like yeah. a couple times a week. I'd go and sit in the field and just spend that amount of undemanding time with my herd. And um, that's really what formed this super strong relationship now that I've still got with those kind of core horses. So yeah. Solo Spirit and Boogie and Moe. Yeah. I did also have a little Connie at the time called Tally, who yes. I'd been given because yeah, um, he was dangerous and crazy. <laughs> and he was far from it. He was a fantastic little horse, um, but unfortunately was never going to go further physically um, than I wanted him to. So I did end up finding him a new home and he's in a marvellous home now but I think that might be a story for another day yes <laughs> um it's a very exciting story that one um and yeah so lockdown was a game changer for me mm. and then I had uh, my good friend become like a photography sponsor which we then documented a lot of what we were doing we went to the beaches the forest filmed yeah. filmed the horses at liberty on the beach and all of a sudden, all this um, presence on social media with all that quality footage and photos got a lot of attention. And that's then where my teaching took off and horse training and everything just started snowballing from there. Um, and then at that point, we had bought a couple of horses to sell with a friend of mine. And they then bought a property and we moved in with them. Um, I was there for a year and we kind of outgrew the place mm. and it was only four minutes down yeah. the road from, from where you had just moved. Yes. And we moved almost simultaneously, I yes. think. It was February, March, wasn't yeah, it? Was. it? Yeah, it um, And all of a sudden we were next door neighbours again. Yeah. And you moved, wasn't it? You'd moved back from North Norfolk. 
Norfolk. From Norfolk, yeah. Back to Northampton. Yeah. And then got this place. And then got this place, yeah. Which, uh, and again, being four minutes down the road from each other again, um, it was just like almost too good to be true. And yeah. I used to hack over and yeah. like just drop in yeah, on you and yeah. be like, hello, how, how is everyone? <laughs> and I've just trespassed over all these fields to <laughs> get here. So I galloped the whole way so no one could catch me. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just drop in and see you guys. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then started having a few training horses here. And then you guys very kindly offered me uh, stables and you know, massive field for my herd to go out in. And um, here we are today. Yeah. So, and it's really just, as I said, it's snowballed now to the point where you're running an incredible facility and very successful business. Myself and Shane are now building, you know, the academy and yeah. Shane does the videoing and we I do the horse training and just having all of our skills combined and come into one place yeah. it's almost like the stars have just aligned, aligned yeah, completely it's bizarre, actually, yeah. so um and i was saying it to someone the other day that uh your job role your like primary job role as caretaker mm-hmm. as i said it's not just the horses it's like the people mm. the land the yard yeah um and there's a lot of them it's not a small yard here. No. It's, um, no, it's as any of you who have come to visit. It's a big facility here, so it requires an immense amount of work, which mm-hmm. you guys put in. The bags under my arms. <laughs> uh, I'll be silly. I'll be silly. You look lovely. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, and and here we are today. So yeah. I now have more horses than I've ever had. Um, <laughs> it's okay, a couple of for sale. Um, but it's now all kind of consolidating, we're getting stronger and um, more confident in all aspects of yeah. I everything. think what, what's been nice for us is uh, your energy for a start oh. as when you came here your energy changed the yard not that our energy was bad but you've well, been it's a lovely energy here. it is yeah. a good energy yeah. but you you've brought something different to the yard oh, energy wise you. but then it's really nice having support from someone you uh, respect actually oh. um thank you not, you know it, even with just my own horses because i would ask you your advice about stuff yeah, oh, and well, I know you, you, know, yeah, you do the yeah, same exactly. um, with things, and it's nice having that little group uh, with Shane as well, and his yeah, yeah. experience in in running business as well, so and expertise, it, and yeah, his and skills, which is yeah, I think that's what's brought it together is mm. that we've got this thing going on, and it's like a shared um, commonality yes. that underlies, yes. and yeah. I would say. The number one thing is to have fun yes. because all of us are doing what we do because yeah. we love to do it. Absolutely. Like, um, I definitely wouldn't be doing this if I didn't love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And same. Yeah. And, and likewise for Shane as well. Because it's hard. It's very it's really hard. hard. There's times when you, you question, I'm getting up, going out in the cold. For not a lot of money. For not a lot of money. Yeah. Um, because you love these giant animals that sometimes... Tried to kill tried you. Tried to kill you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And what? it's, uh, and, our, and as I say, like, 
the underlying tone is always like we're doing what we love yeah. for the fun of it, yes. for the passion, yeah. for the and love of horses. And always seeing the good bits, even in the bad. Yeah. The, what did I learn from this? Exactly, exactly. It's Everything powerful. is a learning yeah. experience. And I think all of us here really believe in the universe yes. as well. Or yeah. if you're religious, it might be God or yeah, uh, whatever your belief. or whatever's out there. But... Um, like the stars aligning or yeah. positivity pos yeah law of attraction yeah, yeah it whatever you believe in it has brought us all here together for a reason yeah. and now we're all working together to cultivate something that um we can share with the world yes to have as much fun as we are because yeah. that's why we get into horses and that's why well, that's we it. get into our passions is because we love it and it gives us that sense of uh, success, fun, progression, yeah. connection, mm -hmm. um, everything that we're seeking is fulfilled within our passion. Yeah. So, um, but enough about me now, because I've rambled for forever. So, so your rambling's interesting. But it's brought us, not really, it's brought, brought, brought it us round back into all of us now, pretty much living and working together. together. We're yeah. pretty close here, we're all very close. And um, and let's hear about your story. Well, I don't and... think mine's quite so ex as exciting. Oh, I think I beg but, to differ. Um, yeah, so I, I, a non-horsey background. Um, I started riding at a riding school when I was about seven or eight, probably, for a few years. Um, always a nervous kid, nervous mm. rider. Um, yeah. But I did love my fir the first horse I ever rode was called Tommy. Isn't it funny how they stick in your memory? Mm. Yeah. Mine was um, Trigger. Trigger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Tommy, I think he was about twelve too, actually. Mm -hmm. Little little dark bay. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, I, I, so I rode for a while. Then teenage years came, and mm -hmm. I was already not a cool person. So uh, being a boy that rode at that particular time made me even less cool. So. I actually stopped. Your love for um, horses had to. Yeah, and be I always wanted my own horse, and my parents were very adamant mm -hmm. there was a definite no, mm -hmm. never. Um, um, which then I, I stopped riding. Um, I'm quite musical, so I, I did a lot with music then. Mm. Um, played a few instruments, so that's kind of where my parents put money into. It was such a shame because I barely do any music now. But oh, anyway. No. You're still very good at singing. And, oh, God, no, don't talk about that, God's sake. <laughs> Um, yeah, so... You had uh, put up with my singing in a caravan. <laughs> I did, yeah. I yeah. do remember that. It's funny you used to say that hearing you sing it used to make me giggle. Not because it was bad, just because I could hear you. Yeah. Okay. There was no auto-tune. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so uh, then then I, I come out of horses and then I hit my early 20s and I'd always wanted a horse. Even when I wasn't riding, I always wanted my own horse. Again, like you, I, I once you felt that connection with an mm. with an animal, especially something that's big enough to kill you. Oh yeah, um, in a split second. In a second. Yeah. Um, I don't. There's nothing quite like it, and uh, they get in your blood mm. for whatever reason. Um, and so I then, um, <laughs> as soon as I kind of left home and was working, um, I was nursing at the time, and uh, I, I did uh, a loan of a horse who was lovely. Um, 
because one of the girls I worked with had her own horses at home and she mm. kind of, I started having a couple of little rides on her horse. I remember being there and being like, oh, no way would I get on one of those. They're massive. They're too yeah. scary. I love them. I'd love to look after them, but I don't want to ride one. Yeah. I'd forgotten what it was like and the feeling mm. anyway. They eventually persuaded me to ride again and I fell in love with it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, got, got my, yeah, got a lone horse, had that for six months. Yeah. And then I had to go back because it was very old, but it was a great lone horse, mm. Jim. He was a shy cross. He was huge. He was lovely. Yep. Then um, Blackie came along. Yeah. Uh, Blackie needed boy. a home, and uh, yeah, so I bought him for next to nothing. He was a, a black cob. Um, hence the name. Yeah, hence Very the name. Creative. And people, everyone would ask me, you know, when you say his name was Blackie, what colour was he? You were like, what? Uh, white. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he, he was just a, a lovely old black cob who loved to buck because he didn't like to go into canter. Mm-hmm. He was very much a, a not go horse. More woe than go. Definitely more woe than go. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was great though. I he helped build my confidence. Um, and then I got so confident that my friend was looking for a horse, and they were like, "Come with us." And they rode, and then they were like, "Oh, go on, Andy. You have a ride. You have a ride." You know when you have that gut feeling, you're like, "Do not get on that horse." Number one, you've not got your own helmet. Um, you're in shorts. Yeah. And trainers. Yeah whatever okay so silly silly boy gets on and uh accident happens yeah instantly as soon as i'm on i've not even got my feet in the strip this thing just goes bolt upright and goes um and i fell broke my arm and lost my confidence Mm. um which was probably on the edge anyway with my confidence even though i was more confident riding my own horse i was never that confident in getting on other people's. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, although I, I would class myself as a nervous, nervous rider, and especially at that time, I've never allowed it to stop me from doing it. Mm. So I've just always had a respect for, I think that's what gave me a respect for the horses and a bit yeah. of, yeah. you know, I, I maintained that respect for actually, I could get hurt here. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, then after that I couldn't even ride my own horse because I'd lost my confidence so badly yeah. and it was back in the days Pirelli yeah. uh, had not been about all that long in the UK yeah um uh, they had videotapes VHS yeah. VHS that's back how long ago and my yeah. friend had won these tapes he's like come on let's give this a go and see what it's like and I'm like no no it looks a bit weird to me he's a cowboy yeah. I don't want to ride like a cowboy the usual, oh no, what's all this rope wiggling stuff? Yeah, um, um, carrot stick wielding. Yeah, anyway, she was like, well, I'm going to do it because I've lost my confidence. Anyway, cut a long story short, basically, we st- we bought the stuff and we started doing the level one program. Yeah. And it started to work. I could mm. was teaching my horse stuff and that blew my mind, really. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started to realise that actually, I didn't know anything whatsoever about horses. Yeah. I'd learnt to ride, yeah, which is very different from learning about horses. Massively, yeah. Right. Yeah. Way more than riding. Way more than riding, yeah. right? So I, I hadn't realised, I thought I was a horse person and actually I was a horse rider. Yeah. And yeah. those horses were very easy horses that yeah. knew how to be ridden. Yeah. And that would probably help you out a little bit every now and again. Very forgiving. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that's kind of where... Uh, my introduction to Pirelli be- 
sort of started and I did I couldn't afford lessons because I was on a, a really rubbish wage at the time mm. um, and um, and I had a horse which was another problem mm. um, so then I fumbled for a few years playing about and then I did quite well actually with the DVDs because they turned into DVDs after yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> after VHS, VHS and I like yeah. you I studied I watched and watched and studied and studied and really put my heart and soul into it yeah um, because it was working for me. Yeah. Um, and uh, a friend came into my life and her horse, and I helped her with her horse, and we made some ch- some really big changes with that horse, and um, uh, and some of my family horses, because um, my sister also likes horses, and, yeah. and her 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 daughter, my niece, and and things. So we kind of I started playing with a few horses and found that actually this seems to be working for all these horses because mm. it was working for me. Yeah. And uh, then I got offered Molly, um, who I've still got. She was yeah. four. Uh, she's 18 this year. Gosh. I know, it's mental. I yeah. can't believe it's been that long. Yep. But she, uh, so Blackie and her have taught me a hell of a lot in the very beginning. Um, and yeah, I bought well, her Molly as... was far from simple wasn't she yeah so uh, she was beautiful she looked pretty when i went and saw her she Mm. was she is still beautiful virtually cost nothing um and because she was a pain yeah um she her answer to everything was to rear Mm. um and she's chestnut she's a mare um, she's very typically mareish. Very athletic, warm blood. Warm blood, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, a horse probably that I should never have bought. Mm. The journey home, picking her up <laughs> in the trailer. Um, my friend was driving and very kindly chevied us home. Um, and uh, I remember having to stop at some traffic lights and this horse was going mental on the box. Mm. I, there was no way we were going to get home. We yeah. No way we were going to stop or open any doors or anything. Cause like, yeah, we need mm-hmm. to get home. Mm-hmm. We're stuck at these traffic lights and someone beside me wound down their window and was shouting and pointing like, there's a horse going mad in the box behind like, you. What can I whilst do? we're being thrown about in the car <laughs> seats and I'm just like, you know, what What do you want me to do about it? I ain't getting in that box. Yep. Anyway, we got her home and she came out of the box like a fire-breathing dragon mm. um, to the point that I um, got someone else to lead her out because yeah. uh, I thought, I don't want this. And we let her out into the field and I didn't touch her for two weeks. Like, <laughs> no, go be a horse. But I did find that when I went out to poo pick uh, and take hay out, because you needed hay at the time, uh, that I'd have to be careful because she'd try and attack me. <laughs> so I quickly yeah. learned that I needed some kind of um, uh, um, safety uh, thing like, on me, like a carrot stick yeah. or any kind of stick Something to, to wave. Your yeah, yeah space. absolutely. Because yeah, yeah. she would kill you. She was horrible, actually. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I think I might have just bought myself a broodmare. Because yeah. I never imagined that I would ever be able to ride her, ride and... her and do, yeah, yeah, and and you know, and as you know now, I've I've probably she's been a bit of a horse of a lifetime, really, yeah, for me. Totally, uh, I've achieved all those goals that I really wanted to achieve with this horse, yeah, and yep. I've done it all myself, yeah, and I'm very proud of it. So after I'd got her and I'd fumbled about with the DVDs, I got contacted by a, a Pirelli professional, newly qualified one. Um, like Kath Thompson. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, and she offered me a free lesson, and because I was poor, I um, I agreed. Yes, please. I'd love a free lesson. And so I, I started to have a few lessons with her after that. Mm. Um, and um, the, they used to do uh, play days and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. that was a really good opportunity to take Moll out and and get her experience in other places and trailer loading, which she was terrible at yeah. um, in the beginning. And yeah, so, you know, that's kind of how I got into Pirelli. And then um, basically after a, I, I did quite well on my own and with the help of people like Kath, um, we, I found... Sean yeah uh was looking for a working student and uh I'd had a relationship breakdown yeah and I'd kind of needed a change in my life so mm-hmm. I took a three month sabbatical yeah from from my job I was doing hand therapy then handy Andy handy Andy yeah was hand therapy yeah and uh <laughs> everyone's like what the hell's that yeah it's a story for another time yeah, another anyway day. <laughs> uh I worked for the NHS anyway uh, uh, so I took three months out and uh, became a, a working student, and yeah. that's how we met. Yep, I think I'd and been there probably like six months before you yeah. came, maybe a bit longer. Maybe a little bit longer than like that, nine yeah. Months. Something and like that. Yeah, but I always remember pulling up and I think there was something going on that day. I can't remember what it was. There a was clinic a or clinic, something. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, so you came up and said hi and yeah. introduced yourself and uh, it made me feel very welcome. And I instantly knew that I liked you uh, from that moment, really. Yeah. And um, you were charismatic from the word go as well. Yes. Like, bubbly and friendly. And yeah. That's my go to. People orientated. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Le- I learned a lot about people working in, in, in the NHS. So yeah. I yeah. have that to thank for that, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So and that's that's what happened. And my story is very similar similar to me as from that from that point of view we we were working students um and then i after my did my work as student i went back to work um had a new relationship got a new relationship which i'm still in that's shane <laughs> um <laughs> uh, and then we I, I got to the point in the nhs where i couldn't take any more of the um kind of uh what's the word i'm looking for i loved my job but i didn't love being in the nhs mm, it's like um, strain the strain and the stress of not being able to do my job as i like to do my job it was yeah. more about uh doing more with less yeah which was hard yeah um and not being able to help people to your full yeah and i capability I didn't realise how much that was affecting me until I left. Mm. But I literally left. I'd had enough. They said I couldn't have my holiday, that I was going to America. I was yeah. actually going, touring in, in, in um, Colorado. I remember that. You got and an stopping off at Pirelli to, yeah. to watch the uh, summit. Um, and uh, they said I couldn't go. And it was like, that, that's it for me now. I'm mm. done. And I, I quit my job. Yeah. And I wrote down uh, a few things that I wanted on a piece of paper. This is a true story, isn't it? Yeah. And I put it... Did I put it under my pillow or beside my... Next to the bed. Next to the bed. And on the top there was run a yard. Yeah. And the next day I got a telephone call from 
Same day, yes, same day, same day. I got a telephone call from Jody, yeah. our, our, our friend our that Jody, we, yeah. we, we who met. Who lives down the road as well. Who lives around the corner, Mad. weird. Yeah. Um, and uh, she said that she was going to have a baby and that she was not able to... Uh, I know. Yeah. Uh, that she was no, no longer to, able to run the yard uh, for Sean. Um, uh, would I like to take it on? So yeah. And so I did, and I worked there for, I think, about four years I think we, yeah, we relocated over here and we worked I worked yeah. there for about four years kind of running the livery yard yeah um working on my own horses when yeah. I had time because liveries take a lot of time yeah um and then I got this offer which was um a scary offer mm. to take on a yard um I originally thought, no, I can't do, do it and kind of passed it on to another another friend. And then we chatted for a bit and we thought we might want to work together. And then he changed his mind and um, I carry on and did it anyway with Shane mm. and, and his support. And, and this is where we are today, which uh, feels so bizarre, two years mm. down the line almost. Uh, that I've got my own yard and I, I've always dreamed of having my own yard, having my horses at home was yeah. always a dream. I always had to drive miles to get to my horses. Um, and so kind of I fulfilled my dream of having having that, my own yard. That was on the top of your Which is on the list. top of that list that I wrote down of the things that I wanted. I wish I'd yeah. kept that list because I don't know what was on number two, three, four and five. Oh, and you're going to have to rewrite it. I know, it's terrible. Fine. But yeah. um, for me that was... Um, I did have some self-belief that I could do it yeah. because I was good with people and I felt... You knew how to run a yard. Yeah, I yeah. knew how to young, yeah. run a yard. I felt confident with horses. Yeah. I felt confident with helping people. Uh, and, and that's why I am where I am now. Yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, you were around the corner, bizarrely. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and for whatever reason, you're here with us now. I know. So, yeah. you know, it's a very strange... And here uh, we are. Yeah. On our first podcast. On our first podcast. A about a year later. Yes. About, yeah. Yeah. Since I've been here. Yes. God, blimey, is that? Oh, jeez. So, yeah, so we're, we're here together and working on our own things with our horses. Yep. Um, I found a bit of a love for 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 classical dressage and, and skill of art, skill of arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gave me a sword, and I I suddenly feel very happy. And you ride, ride completely different. Yeah, when so you've I, got a a stick in your hand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I bet, <laughs> but I have to say, thank you, Pirelli, for yes. that. Blooming yeah. carrot stick because yeah. my horse was not bothered at all because yeah. it was like, oh, this is a wide carrot stick. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so which is quite, which is good, you know, these yeah. funny how things come along. And, um, you know, we're both extremely grateful for what we learned from Pirelli. Yes, and I, I am very grateful. And myself in particular, very grateful to Pat and Linda uh, for the opportunities they gave me um, as well. And I just want to say I was only a qualified Pirelli professional for a year before I decided to not renew my licence. I just thought I'd say this on here because... Um, it's the place where we're completely open and honest, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Everyone can learn about uh, myself and Andy and our future guests that we're going to have on here. Yeah. And uh, I was a one-star Pirelli professional, and I think I spent a total of around like nine or ten months, nearly a year, out there on and off, because um, I had to work around visa. 
and um uh, uh you know luckily i was extremely grateful it was all uh for free as well but being a one star um with the corporate structure and uh the kind of control they had over the instructors as a one star i wasn't allowed to teach liberty or finesse or i.e dressage yeah um which are my two best uh kind of skills that uh i can do with horses and i was also not allowed to present or speak uh in a demonstration which again is my strength and i was really the only pirelli professional in the uk at the time that wanted to do that yeah they have very senior instructors that will do the demos and present but they're not innately wanting to present and uh spread and share and inspire quite in the same way I was and so sadly I had to um, you know decide to not renew my license which to me at the time and it was actually it it was pretty much at the point where my mental health was making a huge decline um, where uh, you know I'd grown up with Pirelli it had completely become who I was and my core values and beliefs were uh, you know I can still list off the eight principles and the seven keys to success and um, everything that we had to learn to become instructors I knew inside out and backwards um, to I really embodied it yeah and it still is within me today and as a foundation training program it is phenomenal but also there is quite a lot of it now i have learned a great deal more that i I don't do with my horses so yeah pirelli methods um was uh you know pivotal to me at that moment in time yeah and i do think it's important to speak about this because it was such a massive part of our history yeah 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 um and the reason why we know each other absolutely yeah um, so it's not just about the horsemanship yeah the the fact that it it allowed us to introduce ourselves to other people who had a community feel and yeah uh, about horses and people that at the time there wasn't a lot other than uh the the standard way of of, of riding horses BHS, the bhs and yeah. and not all of us fitted into the box yeah um i felt like that as a kid at school i didn't yeah. fit in that box yeah same and so i needed to find somewhere i, I felt i fit and, yeah. and and that's what happened it fell into place yes yeah. it was because of a trauma that i'd had yeah um yeah. but it's one of those things that it did offer us a lot of a lot of things that we needed at the time and you've got to remember that that program is a human training, training program yeah and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's what pat is doing with his own horses no absolutely because not pat is a horseman and trains the horse yes. he's not training the people to no train the horse, they so. were just very clever yeah at, at designing yeah and designing a program yeah. that people could follow exactly um and and you know, for, coming from a non-horsey background as well, uh, that was pivotal because well, neither of us had else. any feel and timing. No, no. And Pirelli were fantastic at teaching you yeah. when to uh, you know when to do this, when not to do that, when to quit, when to start. Yeah, you know, it was. But I think what we also have to remember is that, uh, like any educational program, including school, you grow out of it. And it evolves exactly yeah. and and changes happen and you move on from just because you did that back then doesn't mean you're going to be doing that yeah up here 
Um, however, there's still stuff we use all the time oh, that constantly. we learn from that. Yeah. There's still stuff I learn, I do all the time that I learn from normal riding yeah, instructors. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not, I don't want to be put in a box of any kind. No, but I do think a lot of ex instructors or ex Pirelli students almost hide the word. The, the, they do, yeah. They, because yeah. there was so much bad baggage with it. Yeah, um, bad especially press. in the UK. It's a cold. Yeah, and no, really, and stuff that was out online. Yes, and, yes, um, the usual. It almost became a bit of a hidden word for a bit. Yeah, um, I actually didn't tell people that yeah. I, I I did Pirelli. If anyone asked me what I did with my horses, I'd say I rode Western because yeah. I, I rode in a Western saddle at yep. the time. Yep. So I, I would say oh, I ride Western, and it would just avoid that. Yeah, avoid that whole like oh my god. But people would always say oh my god. How do you get your horse to do that? What? Your horse lines up for you when you want to mount it. Your like, yeah. yeah, because actually I learned a bit. Cool yes. in the field and yeah. I mean, how often do I have to actually go and get my horses? Never. I don't. Yeah. I yeah. really don't. It's it's bizarre. Yeah. Um, it's hard to think that people have a catching issue. Yeah. Um, when you're I mean, now how so used many to... of the horses that have come here yeah. have been like Rosie, um, yeah. one of one of the cobs. She hated me from the moment she saw me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it, it it was a problem that uh, I, uh, one of my staff uh, had caused. I believe she'd accidentally caught her with the electric fence for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and but she blamed me for that, and you know. Now look at her. Yeah. She's yeah. she's running up and down when she sees me because yeah. she's like, come get me, come get me, come get me. Yep. Yeah, but yeah. that's because I used the stuff I learned in Pirelli. Yeah, yep. Yeah. To, to teach her that it was good to be caught. Well, yeah. actually, you can catch me. Yeah. Make yeah. it a game. Make it a game. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. And we we have a lot to be grateful for. Yeah, we, uh, as As well as other people that have had influence, influence yeah. on us I mean we've both been very lucky to study with lots of phenomenal professionals yeah. and as you say you found a passion for classical dressage and yeah. as did I I yes. spent a couple of years with Peter Madison Greenwell who yeah. really transformed my riding and um, I started a couple of his young horses for him in return for dressage lessons and we had a particular um, very difficult stallion come in who was Grand Prix trained or had Grand Prix movements, um, but uh, was throwing everyone off left, right and centre. So he said, get him as rideable as fast as he can and I'll teach you the movements on him. So that was amazing for me to learn, um, you know, how to press those buttons essentially and how to ride properly. And then uh, I've been very lucky to spend the last three years, popped up on my memories, uh, learning from Paolo Santos um, yes. every weekend. Your working equitation. Yeah, my working equitation. Yeah. Um, so I've I was on the working equitation team GB development squad for the last three years, and uh, Paolo is a Grand Prix dressage rider himself, as well as a excellent. He was on the team for Portugal as well for yeah. working equitation, and it's a very uh, dressage based sport, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, that completely transformed my riding and then also taught me a great deal of how important it is to have your horses be strong, athletic and gymnastic because yes. Spirit is such a weak horse. He yeah. needs me to be almost like his PT yes. uh, to keep him sound, yeah. essentially. Well, ultimately, that's why and I fell for yeah, classical dressage because yeah. it was for healthy movement because I want my horses yeah. to last as long as possible. Exactly. Yeah. And 
again, that was uh, something, unfortunately, that Pirelli didn't quite put enough emphasis on no, no. in the early days. And yes, it's a foundation program, but yeah. everyone was getting stuck in the early days. And yeah. then lots of horses, unfortunately, were suffering from physical detriment Yeah, uh, because of that. So it's, it's, again, a progression and an evolution yes. um, of learning. And, and now we've kind of formulated our own way of doing things yes. and it works and I always say this to uh, everyone really basically is if you want to go and learn from someone go and look at how they are with their own horses and what they can do with their own horses that they've trained and if you like what you see then go ahead yeah but if they don't have um kind of like proof in the pudding yeah don't bother don't bother no. because um there are it's so easy to talk the talk, but not walk the walk. Yeah. And um, that is like the, again, the embodiment of what we do is anything we can do with our horses, we can help you with. Yes. And anything we've been through ourselves, we can help you with. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. So like you with your confidence. Yeah. Um, you've been able to help get some complete nervous wrecks of riders yeah. back to riding and enjoying their horses. That's one of the things I think I love more yeah. than anything is having had that experience myself of being nervous yeah and learning to overcome that and yeah. deal with the nerves because yeah. they never go no they're always there what was it uh you the said fear them. yes never disappears just the courage gets bigger that's right something like that was that. yeah it was yeah. really nice it, i like that because it's it's yeah. true it doesn't ever go yeah i still have those fears i'm just able to deal with yeah. That part of my emotional self. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, so for, for me, one of my favourite things to do is to help somebody who is absolutely petrified yeah. get through that and start riding. And, 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 and our friend Amy, yeah. uh, she's, she's now Perfect one of your work, working students. Yeah, I, yeah. I, um, I know she won't mind me saying this, but leading her around crying on Rosie the Cobb, yes. who we were just talking about, yep. because she was petrified after having fell off and broke her arm quite yep. badly, uh, which I was there for. That was when we were at another yard and, yeah, and, yep. and she just had a nasty fall and, you know, things happen. Um, but her fear would come up very quickly. She'd be an emotional wreck and I would literally be lead reining her around on, yep. on, on, on yep. Rosie the Cobb. And you know, look at her. And, she's, and now she's like cantering around on all my horses. And, yeah, and yeah. she's she's now got her own horse, yeah, young yeah. horse. She's ridden my young horse. Yeah, many um, times. Yeah, many yeah. times. Probably actually more times than I have, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I think, you know, seeing someone progress like that is... The best it's, feeling. It's the best feeling ever. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing I love the most. And also, I really love the same with the horses that are worried and nervous yes. and stressed I think that's probably something that I I warm to yeah. is that I, I I get it I have empathy I'm I'm very much an empath um so I I kind of feel their feelings yeah yeah so yeah totally totally agree with that yeah, yeah. and uh I think we certainly kind of fulfill what we found ourselves yes so for me it was that inspiration mm -hmm. to see that you could live your dream with your horse. Yes. And that was all I've ever wanted. Yeah. And my desire for that was, um, you know, phenomenal. But I didn't know how to get there. Yeah. And 
all it takes is one person to be inspired and they could change the world. Yes. Or they could pass the information down to the next generation. Absolutely. And I really feel like I was that little girl. Um, I was just this blonde little girl sat in the audience dreaming that I could be able to do this with my own horse. Yeah. And, and now here I am today uh, fulfilling that and tenfold. I yes. never thought I'd be doing what I actually am yeah. doing now with my horses and yeah. my team of horses. That and the connections got. that you've got through this as yeah. well, you know, with, with, yeah. with other professionals yep. like it, Ben and Ollie. And, yep. Uh, the Knights of uh, Yeah, England. Knights of Middle England yeah. and all over the world as well. I've got yes. friends in Australia and New Zealand and America and Europe and yeah. it's um it is phenomenal and I think it does really draw and attract a very similar type of person yeah. to do what we do. Yes. And um that's why you find there tends to be different personalities and different job roles but it means that we all really uh bounce off of each other yes and when we're all in one place like the horsemanship showcase just gone was absolutely phenomenal because yeah i think it was the best one oh yes if i'm honest yeah it's a lovely feel there it's only going to grow but we um you know that uh, that again is run by some friends of ours larissa and nicole um have organized equestrian uh soon to be the horsemanship hub and uh, the Horsemanship Showcase is like the biggest event uh, in the UK of the year, uh, bringing all these horsemanship professionals together. And, yeah. and we just had the best time. And, yeah. and it was a real uh, community. And there's a great saying, which I love, and it's uh, the rising tide lifts all ships. Yes. And that is, I love it, because we're all ships on the ocean. Absolutely. And the rising tide is this movement of... Um, people seeking to have better relationships, better yeah. partnerships with their horses. Good horsemanship. Good horsemanship. Good horsemanship is good horsemanship. Exactly. No matter where it comes from. Exactly. Is good horsemanship. And it's almost so old it's come new again. Oh, absolutely. And um, and again, it's still like diff- many ways to roam, different paths that all yeah. end up in the same location or at least what we're all seeking is the same so um i i just adore it and i love how much of a community we've got over here and um and worldwide to be honest so it is amazing and my hopes and dreams now is just to be able to inspire others and help them live their dreams with their horses as well much the same as you 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 know Yeah, yeah that is um at the end of the day what makes us tick yes is we get an amazing high it's quite selfish really because yeah. we get an amazing high from watching you guys get an amazing high with your horses yeah. and knowing that we there's helped nothing you. i love more than seeing someone that i've helped yeah. do well yeah i really truly mean that and yeah. it doesn't have to be even with riding or mm-hmm. it you know just even just uh, having their own horse and yeah you know just like amy I mean, yeah yeah having her own horse i mean nothing made me more happy and to be a part of that as well yeah as yeah. we both went and, and looked at this Saw horse him. and, and yeah. stuff and yeah, yeah I, I just i love it i love seeing people happy and i think yeah i think that's because i love to be happy yes and i know that i know what it feels like when you get that horse and you get that relationship and you achieve those dreams i've done everything i wanted to yes with my horses so far yeah yeah 
And that's made me very happy. Same. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. and I think if I can do it, Anyone anybody can. can. And I've always you thought You just that too. mustn't stop. Mm-hmm. If you stop, you that you quit, you yep. fail. Yeah. You can you can get it wrong and get it wrong and get it wrong, but you haven't failed until you give up. Yeah. 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 That's um there was that thing about kids learning to walk. Yeah. That, like they fall over how many times? Quite a lot. Did they give up? No. And it's a baby. Yes. You know, we're we're programmed to not give up. But so a- it's a learnt behaviour. Absolutely. Quitting. But yeah. absolutely. But you think about it as you get an older person. Yeah. They start to fall over and lose their confidence to walk. Mm. And that's the trouble with us we get older. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's a good one. It's a it's a funny it's a funny place to be. It's a funny place to be. But you you've got to keep moving forward and never give up. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast uh, um, recently, and, and and the person on it said, if you're thinking about uh, sending someone an email about an opportunity. Don't wonder if you should. Yeah. Just do it. Do What's it. the worst they're going to say? Yeah. No. And, and, and there's there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's the same for us. Yes. I saw that ad for the Savvy Centre needing yeah. an, or wanting another working, working student, student, so I did it. it. Yeah. Was I confident? Ooh. No. Was I? Did I think I was good enough? Probably not, but I still did it, and yeah. it's opened up so many doors. One of my favourite things, because everyone's always been like, oh, mate, you're so lucky. And I go... Um, my definition of luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Yes. And um, if you're prepared and a door opens, yes. you just go. Yes. Like, go. Uh, even if you're not prepared or if you don't think you're prepared. Yes. Um, that's all in your head. Like, yes. uh, again, I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was a Stoics and it said, the, ble- the best time to plant a tree is now. Yes. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's such a simple one. Yeah. And that was like in Greek mythology. So all But that's Greek... like with opportunities. Like when, when I got the opportunity to take this place on. Yeah. Well, if I'd said no, where would I be today? Mm-hmm. Would I be running this business? Has it been hard? Yes, it's been really bloody hard. But yeah. it's been worth every bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's building that dream that yeah, I always had. I'm dream. living more than what I expected I could. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's still really early days for us here. Yeah, yeah, you know? I know. Well, it's only just into year two, isn't it? Yeah, uh, March. March, yeah. yeah. So next month, yeah. yeah, yeah. And think about how much has changed in a year. Yes. It's it's incredible it what can incredible. happen in a yeah. year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. So, but I'd say that's pretty much both of our. We've been rambling a little bit. We've rambled a lot, but um, hopefully people know us a little better if they didn't know us before. Yes, definitely. And uh, that's kind of like a nice introduction to us, our backstories, our whys of why we're here, why we're doing what we're doing. And um, And the way we got here. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And And just to say, like, the path is never straight, never easy. No. Um we've both had to sacrifice and struggle yes. a lot yeah. you know and financially uh, massively it's been been hard but yep. also mentally yeah we've both had our own uh, mental health issues yep. with, you know things we've had to deal with um and way. still deal with probably yeah um, yep. a lot of the time but it doesn't mean we have to give up what we love well and it's also because we're both committed to never-ending self-improvement Improvement. yeah 
So um, another and, thing that actually came from Pirelli. Yeah, massively. Yeah. Because we have to show up for our horses. Yes. And be the best us that we can be yeah. for them. Yeah. And even and I always kind of I know I'm going on again, but when I step it out in front of a big audience, so say like a few thousand people, I'm terrified. Yeah. But as I step into that arena and I have my horse next to me, I have to be there for them. Yeah. And it shifts that responsibility. Um, from selfishly thinking about myself to thinking about oh, them. Then. And yeah. that is what has always driven me to be a better me is for my horses. Yes. Yeah. And my relationship with them. So um, to achieve what I've always wanted to achieve, which is that incredible friendship and partnership. Yeah. So taking it back to that childhood um, desire. Yeah. But yeah. That is, that's why we do what we do, really. That's why we're, we are, who we are, who we are, really. Yeah, and, yeah. and what we've built. Yeah, and continue to build. Yeah, because it's not stopping. No, definitely not. not. Stopping. This is only the beginning. Yes. Yeah, it's really exciting. Very exciting. More to come. More to come, yeah. Mm, yeah. And on that note, thank you all for listening and watching if you're on the Academy. And... Yeah, if you have um, any questions or uh, things you think we should discuss topics, at all, topics, any yeah. topics, then I think you should... Uh, throw it out there. Yeah, throw it out to us and, and, uh, and we will talk about stuff uh, and, and give you our, our thoughts on stuff, I think. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to have guests and uh, I've already got a huge list of topics I'd, I'd like to talk about and discuss as yeah, well, like, yeah. as you guys now know we can both talk forever yes and uh, just sharing insights and learnings and uh being able to connect with a like-minded community of horse yeah. lovers basically and, and um, hopefully have a laugh on the on the way through. oh i'm sure <laughs> we will do a episode where we just compile all our funny uh memories yes. and experiences that we've had along the way because yeah. there's some Great stories. I've got, uh, popping into my head now, there are some hilarious ones. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we look forward to sharing more with you. Awesome. So, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Mia. Oh, you're <laughs>